vacation all week because Mexico didn't do me right. And yeah, so, you know, before I get into the episode, I'm just giving a disclaimer. I'm going to be giving out a little bit of information <laughs> about my body. Um, anyway, though, um, welcome to the This Is 30 podcast. My name is Jernique. I'm your host. Happy Monday. Shout out to all you beautiful people listening on the wake up, on your way to work, um, you know, on your way to sleep doing whatever it is you do. Thank you for listening to the This Is 30 podcast. Once again, my name is Jernique and you know, I'm back again after taking a week off. I don't know. I'm honestly not sure if I really want to be consistent with Mondays. Maybe it's just the summer doing this to me. Maybe once the summer is over, I can get back in the groove because I kind of feel bad when I don't post an episode on Monday, but sometimes it's just a lot of stuff going on. Um, So I don't feel necessarily like motivated to record. And the funny thing is there was once a time where it didn't matter how busy I was. I wanted to make sure I got an episode out on Monday because I honestly think that consistency is like the most important variable in all things that we do. Um, So that's why I kind of feel bad when I don't release episodes on Monday. Um, Last Monday, I was coming back from Mexico. I was coming back from Mexico and since being back my stomach let me tell y'all I must have caught a bug or I must have caught something out there I don't know if I caught it here but I don't know but my stomach has been bad since like we came back um from Mexico but um yeah I tripped to Mexico me and Jodine we had a lot of fun it was my first time going on a trip with um just one person and I know the last time when I told y'all I took a little solo location, I was like, everybody needs to take a solo location before they die or they need to do it like once a year. I still believe that, but I also feel like I'm so used to girls trips with like at least four or more people that it was at it was actually very refreshing to just be on a vacation with one person um, for many reasons. I just feel like we made decisions like this. We didn't have to vote on anything. We didn't have to worry about leaving the rest of the crew behind. Um, we just did what we wanted to do. And when it comes to like adventure, I feel like me and Geraldine are both like suckers. Like we're both scared of a lot of stuff. So you know, we did a lot of things that were out of the box. Like we went zip lining, zip lining. That was my first time going zip lining. It wasn't that bad. It was scary, but it wasn't that bad. Um, I will say like going across the line, I was extremely comfortable. Like it was dropping down. That was really hard for me. So like dropping down and going was the hardest part. But once you're on it, it's um it's very funny. You feel very, very secure. We also went uh, ATV riding and me and Jodine embarrassed ourselves because we could not drive our ATV. Well, I drove my ATV for like three minutes and Jodine couldn't get out the parking lot. Yes, I'm telling her business. Um, but we ended up riding on the back with like the inst- two instructors. Um, and that was still a fun experience riding on the back. Um, I'll try it again, but... I need to just get more comfortable with it because I felt like my speed, like I was going to flip because the way my, I felt like my speed was not adjustable at all. And I didn't like that. I felt like it went from zero to 50. Um, But I feel like the instructors were telling us that that's just how it is. You just got to get used to it. There is no in between. 
Um, so we did that and then we went snorkeling in a cave, but we didn't really snorkel. We just kind of like floated. We had to follow the instructor uh, <laughs> and hold on to a life raft or I don't know what them circular things are from Baywatch. What is that called? Like a raft? I don't know. Um, but yeah, Mexico was very fun, but it also let me know that I'm really old and I can't hang. And another thing is if there's not premium liquor or something of a little bit of a higher class, I just really can't do it. I hardly drink um, in Mexico. And that's what I was most excited for, to like drink, blah, blah, blah. But I feel like on my second day in Mexico, I got really messed up. We met people at the pool. All of a sudden, shot, 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 shots, And I can't hang. I was drinking in order to, because they don't really have a lot of dark spirits in um Mexico, at least none that I would drink. So the only name brand that talked to me was Don Julio, because I feel like we have Don Julio in America. I don't know. But I was like, you know what? This is a brand that I know. Let me stick to that. But I was taking shots of white. And let me tell y'all, it's probably been a good four, maybe, maybe five years since I've taken shots with light liquor. I do not like light liquor. It makes me sick. It makes me turned up. Um, I'm going to throw up and that I did poolside <laughs> that I did. Um, I was a little down and out, <laughs> um, but Mexico was a blast. We went to like some shows too, like, cause our resort, uh, we stayed at Rio Caribe and, um, I don't know if I would stay at that, um, resort again, but it was decent. I probably, if I have to scale it out of a one to a five, I would probably give it like a three. Um, but I don't know what I was saying. Oh, they had shows at our resort every night. So this is how old we are. Like we literally visited every show. The first night was a Michael Jackson show. The second night I think was like a Hispanic cultural show. I, I honestly don't remember what the second show was. And then the third show we went to, that was a Hispanic culture show. I don't know. I don't know. But we had a good time. And then our last day, we went on a ship ride, like a pirate ship ride, where they show they they have like a live action show. Um, the crew, um, they're also actors. And then um, afterwards, you eat dinner and you could drink. But even like on the ship, I was so excited because they had premium liquors. So I'm like, yes, I'm going to get to drink like something that I know of. And I picked Jack. And I just felt like their stuff was just, I felt like it wasn't really Jack. I felt like it was weird. I just felt like it was weird. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, that was our Mexico trip. It was nice. Um, it was much needed. Um, but I wish my stomach wasn't in shambles like upon returning because it's been bad since Monday night. Um, and I'm just hoping that whatever bug or Whatever thing is going on in my stomach, um, it's I'm relieved from it very soon because it's extremely uncomfortable and um, I don't feel good. You know, I don't feel good. Um, before I go into any other topics, I kind of really want to just thank the Lord. Um, and I want to, you know, just express the fact that if you are alive today, if you are alive and breathing, um, 
do not take it for granted. I don't even want to call it a blessing because I don't want to make the um, make the correlation that somebody who did not wake up today or somebody who is down and out um, is not blessed. But you don't take it for granted. That's what I would say. Do not take it for granted because this life, this game, it could take you at any point in time. It can take you whenever it wants to. And we really don't know the day or the hour. And I feel like that's in scripture for the return of Jesus Christ. But it's also very applicable to us. We don't know the day or the hour. You know, every time you leave your house and make it back, that's a blessing. It's a privilege that we should not take for granted. And, you know, I struggle a lot with survivor's guilt. I don't know if the context in which I'm speaking about it is even normal. Um, but when I hear of somebody passing or something tragic happening to somebody, whether I know them or not, if my friends know them, if people I know know them, it always hurts my heart like tremendously. It hurts me so bad. And I do struggle with, with survivor's guilt. I'm like, God, why not me? Why not me? I did so many dangerous things this week. I could have not made it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've done many dangerous things in my past. And it's like, it's not that I want the Lord to take me. It's just, I just, I just don't understand sometimes. You know, I don't understand death. And I also feel bad for people who, who have to deal with the death of their loved ones. Um, I know it's really hard and I don't know what's keeping me on this earth. You know, I don't know what's keeping me here. I don't know. I, it's like, not that I want to trade places, but I just wish we all could survive. I wish everybody could go until the end. That's like really how I feel. And I feel like, why am I deserving of being here still? You know? Um, so yeah, every day you wake up, every day you make it home safely, every day you get to destination safely, please praise the Lord. Please just be just be grateful because it is a privilege. It is a privilege to still be living. We done seen crazy stuff happen to people day in and day out. You know, it's always something. It's always something. It's always something. So, um, you know, just, just stay prayed up and, you know, live your life to enjoy it. Like, don't let anything hold you back, but be, be careful, you know, be careful, be responsible. Um, because, it's real. It's really real out here. Um, so yeah, um, I'm pushing on a, a, a thousand. I'm pushing on a hundred episodes. I believe this is episode 92. Yeah, I believe this is 92. And, um, you know, I'm excited to be here. Um, I mentioned a few minutes earlier that I was going to try and be consistent with recording and because I've been slacking. I've been slacking a little bit. I'm not going to front. I've been slacking a little bit. But I do have, the last episode with Perlene, I said I had podcasting block, writer's block. I do have it. Um, I don't want to say I'm not inspired. I want to say I have no desire to be social um, as much as I wanted to be when I first started this podcast. And that is something that, um, I, I hope will just pass. Not to say I don't desire to be social, but I don't, I just, maybe that's what I do mean. Yeah, I don't, I just don't desire to be like 
proactive and getting guests and, you know, and I hope this goes away by next week. <laughs> I really do because um, I don't know what's going on with me. I honestly don't know. I just hope I make it to 100 episodes. I mean, I will make it to 100 episodes, but, you know, we shall see. Um, you know, something that really caught my attention this week is because I saw that J. Cole's concert went on sale, the off-season, I believe, uh, tour with 21 Savage. And I was looking at tickets. He's doing a show at Barclays Center. And I was looking at tickets. And then I'm just like, yo, when did concert tickets get so expensive? Like, like when? Like, I consider myself a concert OG. Like, when I lived in Virginia, even when I first moved back to um, New Jersey, um, I was, I went to see everybody. I used to be at a concert, me and my friend Christiana, we used to be at a concert every single month. Like it was like, I've seen everybody and I, I just love live entertainment. It's so fun. But I just feel like as of recently, like, and I know of course inflation happens, you know, we're moving along with the time. So things get more expensive, but it's like a, a like, the increase is like 50% to 100%. Like, I'm looking at tickets for the Barclays Center, and to sit up top in the 200 section, those tickets are like 270 Since when? I honestly don't, I don't get that. I'll never understand that. Like, why am I paying almost $300 to sit at the top of the stadium? Those used to be the tickets that used to be like, $70, $80. If you wanted to be like in the 100 section, you might pay anywhere between like, I would say like 120 to 180. And then the floors seats are where you touch like the 200 and things like that. Um, oh my gosh, my hand is itching. I don't listen. There's a lot of things going on with my body. I don't know what's going on. But anyway, um, yeah, I don't know why and how and when tickets got so expensive. Um, I don't know if it's Corona and everybody's trying to get their back pay. I honestly don't know, but the way financially, like I'm, I am, sometimes I just don't think it's worth it. Like $300 to do what? To dance and vibe for an app? Like, I just think that's unreasonable. I think a concert, unless you're on the floor, if you're on the floor, yes. But if I'm in the nosebleeds, I should not be paying $300. Like, and when do we start doing this? Like, I was looking at Ticketmaster's website for the that Barclays show. The nosebleeds were two-something. When you got to the 100 section, they were like 300, floor 400. What is this? What is that? What at ease? I don't understand. But I hope a lot of people get it together. Um, I also think that um, maybe also because of the way music is now, this is where a lot of artists get their revenue because it's really, I'm, I'm, sh I don't know if they get paid off of streams, um, but before I felt like there was a, um, a more direct way to calculate your sales because people went and bought CDs, like they went and really picked up CDs, so you could know how much you were selling. Now streams, units, and all these things, like they come together to tell you how much you sold. So I would only assume that if um, counting the units sold is so complicated that the artist recuperating money from those sales is also complicated. So maybe they trying to get a lot of that money 
uh, via concert. That's that's the only thing I can think of. Um, but yeah, please lower the prices of these tickets because don't nobody got time. And I'm trying to be at a concert, you know, soon. But I'm not going to no mosh pit joints. I can't go to no festivals because festivals is just people standing together, crunched together. I have to do like an arena where I have my own seat. I don't have to be stuck to a thousand people. Um, yeah. Um, I've been watching a lot of movies. Moving, moving on. I've been watching a lot of movies. Like I'm actually finally on vacation from work. I work summer school. My last day of work, I believe was the 24th or 20. It might've been the 26th. Um, my last day of work. And then I had, I think a week and a half off or two weeks off. And then I started summer school on July 6th and summer school ended for me on August 6th. Um, I do have a part-time job, so it's not like, oh my gosh, I'm just not working. Um, but not having to wake up in the morning, get dressed, go deal with kids is something that I am going to savor for these next two weeks um, because I deserve, I deserve it. I deserve it. Um, I'm, I'm really just happy at the opportunity to just chill and like rest. So, like I was saying, I've been watching a lot of movies, and I watched a few movies in the in the past um, week, I would say. I finally saw The Kissing Booth 3. I saw Beckett. Um, I watched a movie called Everything, Everything. What did I watch yesterday? Oh, I watched The Suicide Squad yesterday, the new one, um, which I really loved. That was really good. Um, I think today on this lovely Monday morning, I'm going to watch the new Fast and Furious movie if I can find it. Um, and yeah, and I also watched The Hate You Give um, for the hundredth time. Um, I feel like I've seen The Hate You Give like at least 50 times because when I used to work at William Patterson, I used to work for this summer program. I used to teach foreign kids from Italy and um, a lot of the kids are white. Um, so... I think it's still important to um, have race relation conversations with when you have a class of predominantly one race that doesn't happen to be the race I am. Um, so I would always show that movie. Me and my one of the teachers, we would always take our students to go see The Hate You Give in the theater, like towards the last the last days of the program. Um, and the kids always loved it. And I felt like, you know. It's a, such a good, subtle movie to watch, to pick up some of the nuances that occur when, when we're talking about race and when we're talking about police brutality and um, fatalities that they cause. That they cause. Um, so I, I, that's why I like showing it to my students. But I watched it again this week because I read the book Concrete Rose. And before I even talk about the book, I really feel like every black man in America should read the book Concrete Rose. I mean that with all of my heart. Like, I'll let you borrow mine. <laughs> I'll let you borrow mine. Okay, anyway. Um, but I think that every black man in America should read um, Concrete Rose. And Concrete Rose is the prequel to The Hate You Give. Um, it's a book about Maverick Carter. So basically, you know, the, the, um, the lead 
what's the the main actor or actress main character <laughs> the main character in the hate you give is amanda steinberg her name is star in the movie and she has a dad and she has two siblings and she has her mom who's played by regina king so long story short concrete rose is about her dad before she was born because you if you know she's uh he's a part of like a a, a gang but he's kind of like a retired member of the gang because he chose a better life and that's what concrete rose is about it's kind of about the things that his neighborhood kind of produced of him like i don't know if i said that right but it's it's a story about how the neighborhood or how men and women were products of our environment even when we don't feel sometimes attached to those uh products that we become Sometimes that's just the way the cookies crumble, especially when you're from the hood, especially when you're from areas that are, um, you know, really heavy with gang culture, et cetera, et cetera. Sometimes you just fall into that trap. Um, but that book brought me to tears a few times, like towards the end, because I just feel like the, the struggles of black men, um, they have to be strong. They have to not offend they have to take care of everything they have to really be the best they can be and it's really hard when they don't have father figures you know in this particular book maverick carter's dad is a og um in the gang he's in but his dad is locked up and what happens kind of as a result is maverick has two kids like literally i want to say they might be like a year apart um, by two different women. And once he finds out his real girlfriend is pregnant, because he, the first person he got pregnant was kind of like just somebody he hooked up with once things didn't go well. And she ended up pregnant. She didn't even think he was the dad at first, but, and then he gets his girl pregnant and his mom is just so disappointed in him. And she's like, nah, we got to go see your father. So they take a visit to jail and his dad is really trying to chew him out for having two kids out of uh, uh, with two different women in like the same year. So like um, he's he like kind of blows up at his dad and it was just really hard. You know, it was hard to read because he chewed his dad out because he said, you're not here. What am I supposed to do? Who was supposed to teach me? Um you can't lecture me now. You can't you can't make me feel like I'm such a failure now because look at where you are. And anyway, towards the end of the book, he kind of chooses to leave the gang life and gang culture alone. And um, his dad is like so proud of him, even though he was kind of brought into the gang because of his dad's um, status. Um, his dad is so proud of him for making his own decisions. And one thing that stuck out to me in the book was his dad said, um, he said, most men don't want to live this life, but they're not brave enough to leave it. And I, I think that about black men in general, like every single thing y'all go through, I feel like some things that y'all indulge in, some ways that y'all choose to function, I feel like y'all don't want it. It's not like y'all y'all are happy in that phase. It's just that maybe you're not brave enough to leave it alone. Maybe you're scared. Maybe you you you're weary of what's on the other side. Um, 
But I think there's sometimes there's beauty in the unknown. And the first step is just doing it, y'all. Because you you'll never know how many people are rooting for you or waiting for you to do it. Even people that are just watching that you think have no uh, interest in your affairs, you know? So anyway, that's my breakdown of Concrete Rose. If you have a chance, please get that book. If you want to borrow mine, hit me up. Just as long as you give it back to me. Um, but yeah, like, man, oh man, that was a good book. Brought me to tears several times. Um, brought me to tears several times. Um, so yeah, the, um, Concrete Rose was really good. Um, the last thing, the last of the last thing that I want to talk about is relationship goals, relationship goals, or relationship woes. Um, as you guys know, I am a single, single black female addicted to retail and well, when it all it all falls down. Um, anyway, as y'all know, I'm a single lady out here. And let me tell y'all, the streets have me scurred. The streets have me scurred because I know way more than I should know. You know? I know way more I, I, than I should know. And I don't want to say, like, I don't believe in love or I don't think there are good men out there. I think that there are awesome men out there. I don't know where they are, though. Um, come and get me. <laughs> come and get me. Only OG, only OG Jay-Z's fans will know what I'm singing. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, I just feel like the streets, all of the streets, all of them, the relationship streets, the marriage streets, the single streets, they're all a little spooky. They're all a little spooky. And, um... Amber Rose recently talked about, I guess, breaking up with her. I don't know if this was her fiance or just boyfriend. I know he's the father of her second child. And I remember seeing like a clip this week of him talking to a radio station. I don't, I didn't even know who this guy was, but he's talking to a radio station and he is, he is, um, hmm, what am I trying to say? He is laughing about violating his woman on air he's like i got caught <laughs> i got caught like oh uh black man black man black man why why is that funny why do you not sound remorseful why do you not sound sad that you possibly messed up a good thing like i feel like that's extremely sick it's sick to like have that ideology and it just makes me really sad. Y'all know everything makes me sad, but that makes me really sad because I just feel like you should not find joy in breaking a woman down, especially a woman who has given you chance after chance after chance after chance. That should not be joyful for you. That should not make you rejoice. That should that's not a laughing matter. It's not funny, you know? It's not funny at all. Like when Jasmine Sullivan says I ain't want to, but you're going to make a hoe out of me. Like, I feel like <laughs> I could relate, but I can't relate because some of these men will drive you to savagery. Like, and I know I'm talking about men right now. I know there's some crazy women out there, but I'm, I'm a girl and I'm talking about the men's, but like 
they will really drive you to savagery with the way they treat you, the way they behave. And when I saw that, it made me sad. And it, what made me even sadder is Amber Rose highlighting that she had to go public with her pain because if she didn't go public, then she would have never left. And it made me think of um, this post that I've been seeing um this post that I've been seeing often, which is that uh, um, showing your relationship or posting your relationship on social media. Let me read it, actually. If I can find it, I'm going to read it real quick. Yeah, I found it. So it says, posting your partner has no benefit to your relationship. People just want to be in your business. It's like y'all want everyone to validate and accept your relationship, but you're just allowing multiple people to opinionate it, to have an opinion on it. Um, the less they know, the more you both grow. The internet has convinced some people that nothing happens unless you post it for the world to see. So the people that enjoy a private life are seen as hiding something rather than just simply tending to their own garden. Now, I do not believe this to be true in its entirety. Um, but I do think that there were some gems in there and some truth, um, to what he said. I think that, um... Posting your relationship can be a good or a bad thing. I love it because I like to be inspired by couples that I see. And I'm not making an assumption off of a picture that your household doesn't go through issues. But I am inspired uh, when I see good couples and when I see pictures of them that love still exists. Um, but I also know, like he's saying that, you know, people put up fronts. A lot of people put up fronts of their relationship. You know, people could be dying inside. People could be dealing with the worst of the worst. And they're going to post a picture with their mate looking happy. I don't know if that uh, mentally uh, fills a void. Um, because it's like, even if I ain't happy in real life, maybe these likes will, will give me the adrenaline and the dopamine that I need to feel good. Um I'm unsure of that, but I feel like, for example, in Amber Rose's case, I think that sometimes being transparent is a helpful tool. I am kind of all the way against uh, transparency on social media. Not, and I don't mean, I, I feel like you have to use transparency as a tool on social media. I don't think that you should let social media use you. You know, I don't. I don't subscribe to using social media as a diary or to, um, like, uh, making your every thought and every feeling known on social media. I think that is dangerous. I think that it's not good for your mental health. And I just, I just don't think it's healthy, period. Like, I think that it's going to hurt you more than help you. I know a lot of people find solace in doing that. But I think that it's going to cause more hurt. Um, and I think that if you are struggling with things, I think that you, the last thing you want to be your codependent <laughs> is social media. Because that's, that's like, that might make things worse. Um, but what I say that transparency has to be used as a tool because there are times in which transparency helps 
and move the masses and speak to somebody. I can't even begin to tell you how many captions or how many videos that I've watched or read. And I'm just like, wow, I had no clue this was going on. You never know what's going on. And once again, these are my opinions, but um, I think that your your transparency and your testimony is so much more powerful if I don't got to follow you through every step. I think that there is beauty in uh, cultivating the life that you want um, and creating the life that you want in the dark, uh, fixing your issues in the dark. Um, and if you have a good team, um, nothing you ever really do is going to be in the dark because you're going to have real people in your real life that hold you accountable that you could talk to, you know, that you could express your every desire, every want, every need with those people. I don't necessarily think social media is always the place for that. Um, but in once again, going back to Amber Rose and Amber Rose's case, I can understand how sometimes being honest for everybody to see forces you to um forces you to level up like I know like people who go to the gym or who are going through a weight loss journey sometimes those people they were they were more inspired because they showed their their journey on social media so it's like even when you feel like you want to give up you can't because it's like nah I want to keep creating content I want to keep letting people know that Every day is not the best day, but I'm going to keep going. So it has its place. Transparency on social media has its place. I just think that we should be mindful. And I don't think that in any way, shape, or form, we should um, we should limit ourselves. I don't feel like you should not post something that you want to post and post something that you you don't want to post. I don't know. I just feel like go, go with what your heart desires. If you like posting your husband or your significant other, do that. And if you don't, don't. I think that it's popular now to not post and to be, you know, low key ooh, on the low key tip. Um, but I feel like you should just do what you want to do. Um, but just be very mindful that, you know, everybody out here don't really care about your happiness and your well-being. Kiki Palmer just said this. They just want a front row seat to whatever you got going on. They don't care, like, about your progress. Um, and, yeah, that's that's it, you know. I, um, I thank you for rocking with me for 35 minutes. Um, Y'all know when I'm here by myself, it's not going to be long. Um, I will have a guest on the show next week. Um, I don't know who yet, but I will have a guest on the show. I kind of just ended that conversation abruptly, didn't I? Um, but yeah, you know, social media is a, I don't know. One thing I, wait, I'm not done yet. Y'all want to know what my biggest fear is? My biggest fear is to get a man who loves me and shows me that he loves me every day. And for him to be out here doing some nonsense behind my back. Can you imagine? That's another thing about social media. A lot of men's, y'all be posting y'all significant other and y'all be doing them dirty. So like for me, it's like, don't post me. Don't you post me. Don't you post me. If you're going to be living another life that everybody has the opportunity to see and be a part of, 
and it's it's all in violation of me, don't post me because a lot of y'all, a lot of people have y'all significant others out here looking like fools. And that breaks my heart. It breaks my heart to claim somebody and to be treating them like trash with your actions. Every time my man leaves the house, he needs to be a reflection of our relationship. And I don't mean that he has to be boring. I don't mean he can't talk to people. I don't mean he can't socialize. But he needs to be a reflection of the idea, or not even the idea. Our relationship needs to be reflected in his actions. So you're not going to do something that would make me look bad. You're not going to do something that would have people key-heeing about me. You're not going to do something that's going to have me in a group chat and people wondering if we together or if we not together. You're not going to do that. So that's another thing about social media. If you're about to do me dirty, please keep me a secret. Don't be telling everybody that, that I'm the love of your life and you out here not moving like I'm the love of your life. You feel me? Like, be careful. Be careful. Be careful with me. Care for me. Care for me. Like, be careful. But, yeah. Um, thank you for listening to the This Is 30 podcast. I will have a guest next week. Um, and 100 episodes soon come. Turn up soon come. I'm going to give the deets later. Um, but, yeah, don't forget. Don't forget to tell a friend, to tell a friend, to tell a friend, to tell a friend. Any mama, any cousin, any daddy, and everybody they know to listen to the This Is 30 podcast. Um And yeah, I hope you guys have a blessed week. Happy Monday again. Peace.